The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. Episode 189. Closing on 200, man. Wow. I know we just said it probably, you know, about a month ago, but we just hit three years of podcastage. I think there's some Snoop and Dre lyrics about 189 that I should not recite. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. So what's going on, man? What's up? Well, you know, um, been an interesting little week. Had had the the wife went to the ER, had an emergency appendectomy on Saturday. Ooh, that's not fun. Yeah. So um getting through that now and she is tough as nails and really, really doing well. Meanwhile, I'm just thinking about how, how much I would probably be milking this and probably still not have gotten out of bed, but she like gets up and walks around and you know, kind of, she's like, well, I've got to get up and get moving. I'm like, I would, I would would probably (laughs) not do that. That sounds, that sounds really hard. Yeah, uh, I, I have. She's, she's doing well. <laughs> I have both my appendix and gallbladder. Samantha had her gallbladder out uh, a couple months after she had our first son, uh, and I I remember it happening very similarly. Now that she was up and moving around fairly quickly, I was like, man, I, I don't know if I'd be doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, you know, just just kind of that. You do that 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 breathe in with your teeth clenched, and yeah, just think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That just seems really. Whew. Yeah, so definitely kudos to her for being able to move around. I, I would, I would still be wondering how much, how many Cheez Its or something I could get in the bed and not care. <laughs> nice. Um, the only thing similar I could share recently is that I got my second dose of the vaccine on Thursday. It's oh, been five days now, or whatever it was. Thursday night felt like my older brother, like this is back when we were kids, we used to punch each other a lot and you know, just in the arm, just like right at the top of the shoulder or the top of the bicep up there by your shoulder. Um, that's where, where I got my shot. And usually when I get a, a vaccine, it's a little sore when you move it, you can kind of feel it. It's like, ah, it sucks. It's still there. And I don't know how much of it is the, the shot or like the hair being pulled by the bandaid, but man, Thursday night felt like my brother just, wailed on my arm. It was physically sore to like, just look at it. It was like, <laughs> it hurts. Um, <laughs> did, did you have any, did you have any side effects or anything like besides that? Besides that? I mean, so Thursday night, I kind of, I, I never got like a fever or chills or anything like that. I didn't get sick. Um, the arm soreness was the worst of anything I had. I, but I would say that I just felt kind of off Thursday night. Yeah. I was like, meh malaise. Uh, but that's about as bad as it got. And then I woke up a little groggy Friday morning. I didn't go to work Friday. I w- worked from home. And then throughout the day, it just got progressively better. And 
Friday afternoon. I was like, huh, I'm fine. My arm feels like it was back to feeling like I had just gotten a shot instead of like gotten, you know, wailed on by my older, <laughs> bigger brother. Just a, just a, a, a recent normal, yeah. slapping of the arm. No, no big deal. But you know what, what, uh, has been better than slapping of the arm, Michael, mm. the basketball results the past few days. Whew. We we needed, we needed some good news. We do. And we'll definitely get into that. We've got some baseball scoop, unofficial, official insider scoop, maybe, uh, basketball games still waiting on that Iowa state game to get rescheduled. Um, because man, looking at the big 12 standings right now, it would sure be nice to have two, two more conference wins up there. Um, updates on all of the, the basketball polls, baseball, um, in terms of polls, another top five preseason pick. Uh, so consensus so far, top five pick, um, get into the basketball schedule and more football transfers this time of the good variety people transferring to Texas tech. Oh, coming in, coming I mean, in, not, I not leaving. Yeah, that was good. Hashtag God's plan, but coming to tech, not leaving. <laughs> um, and then we'll get to uh, a couple items on what we learned, including some little league baseball news and super bowl menu foods. Yes. If you want to keep up with us on, on the social media, Twitter, you can follow the show at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts suck and Michael at, Michael underscore LBK. You can find us on Instagram. And as always, you can pick up your t-shirts and hoodies at teespring.com slash store slash 23 personnel podcast. Now, Michael. Yes. This has become one of my favorite parts of the episode. Did you know? The, <laughs> the wait is finally over. What? The Super Bowl is here and the NBA is in full swing. My Mavs finally won a game. I think no, no, they didn't. No, they got close to winning a game. Those losers lost to the Suns last second. You might not be at a game this year. That those two women that got kicked out, jawing at a LeBron James, may get a lifetime ban. How stupid is that? Don't end up like them. Be at the game. But even them, those two ladies, can be in on the action at Bet Online, just like you guys. Will the Chiefs go back to back? Of course they will. Can Brady claim ring number seven? No. Bet online has all the action you need for the big game, plus hundreds of prop bets to keep the whole game entertaining. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Michael. Yes. You know what I want to talk about next? Yes. Is a little baseball. Roll it. No, I will. Actually. <laughs> Left field. Well struck. Desloni picks it up on a He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field, looking for a second home run, and he's got it into his own bullpen. Perhaps in some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. 
And the pitch is driven from deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big foul. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. You know, I can't wait to see more home runs like Kurt Wilson blasting it over the field, the right field fence, to take the lead against Oklahoma State in the Super Regionals. That was just too much fun. That game was wild. I yes, you. I would be okay with that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of, of that sort of display out on the diamond. And for... For those paying close enough attention, you will have realized that three highlights from that clip came from that game. Josh Young home run, Kurt Wilson, and the final strikeout of Colin Simpson, the Lubbock or leave it. Lubbock and leave it. Going to Omaha. Oh, yeah, that's not too bad. When uh, when he got struck out on the high heater from John McMillan, I believe. Was a thing of beauty. Anyways, uh, we got to rep our friend... Keith B. Patrick, the huge, huge, huge Dinger Derby update. I got to get a few more of those in because we're going to be one of the only things we'll probably miss is that's huge (laughs) Dinger Derby update. Uh, Keith has launched a baseball, Texas Tech baseball only website. Texas Tech baseball fans are going to love this redraiderdugout.com. Will be the host of all your Texas Tech baseball news, updates, all that kind of stuff. He is taking on this endeavor with journalist, former AJ journalist and uh, beat writer for the Tigers, LSU Tigers, Randy Rosetta. Will also be working with George Watson and Mike Gustafson. 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of great stuff planned. The good news is, is if you already followed the Dinger Derby Twitter account, you're already following Red Raider Dugout. So basically, the, the podcast will remain the same. It'll still be called the Dinger Derby podcast, but it will be part of the redraiderdugout.com uh, website that he's created. And so to follow him, and if you already followed Dinger Derby, you're good, but to follow him on Twitter, go to Red Raider Dugout and click and give our guy a follow. He already had a, a quick episode this week, kind of talking with Randy about what's coming up and, and a little, little bit about the season, but more about what to expect from Dinger Derby and from redraiderdugout.com. So be sure and check those out. Give our guy Keith a listen because he really does great content and is very, very knowledgeable about just baseball in general, but especially tech baseball. Looking forward to hate that uh, staking the planes will be uh, losing Keith, but that not that we're losing the content. It, oh, sure. All still be there for Texas tech fans at red Raider dugout.com. Um, some, some news, some schedule news, although unofficial news, it oh. looks like the schedule's up to 51 games so far of the 56 possible. Should we talked know. about that, right? We kind of, I mean, it's as little as I know. We were both thinking, well, Tadlock's going to, he's going to schedule probably 63 games or something just to <laughs> hopefully try to get a 56 in. However many he can possibly get in, he's going to try to do that. Yeah. So there are a couple of non-conference series and opponents that have been floated out there. Um, I'm not going to repeat them here, but they're, they're, they're there. The, the thing that we have talked about is Texas Tech's appearance in the Shriners Classic down in Houston. That's still not on the schedule. And I'm, I'm assuming they're just going to, they're not going to update the schedule in pieces. They're just going to say, okay, here's the first one you got of the conference series. Uh, and now here's the full schedule. I wonder if they've got an internal deadline or something, you know, February tickets done. So yeah, February 12th, will update the schedule as we have it. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but yeah, there were, we're a little more than two weeks out from red Raider baseball, almost three weeks, I guess if it's the 19th Friday. Um, I'm excited, man. Can't wait to see it. all kinds of things to look forward to in terms of returning players. Uh, um, a lot of hype surrounding this team from those in the know, uh, like, like Jamie Lint. Uh, I heard him talking recently with, with his, his, uh, his access to the program. He said, you know, of, of all the teams that he's seen from Texas tech, 2017 may have been the, the the odds on favorite to advance the furthest in Omaha, but they they got beat in the uh, in the regionals or super regionals. I can't remember uh, what level it was against Sam Houston State. It's that junk ball pitcher and all the crazy things that went on um, that weekend in Lubbock. He said this team, this twenty twenty one team, is right up there with it. So, lots I'm, to I'm look just, forward to. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I've to show how excited I am. Me, known baseball aficionado and and true fan when we redid our, we have a little magnetic calendar that we, we change every month of course, and put little special things on there. I, um, I definitely made a note of the February 19th. That's the baseball game day. <laughs> that was what game our magnet day. said. I thought, yeah, that's going to work. That, that'll help. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully I can get flow, you know, flow TV or flow sports, baseball TV dot net. 
Florida, Georgia line and, and get that on there and, and we hey, can watch a, a little bit of it or at least listen to it at the very least. I, I may actually listen to it. It's actually a pretty good name for a band if you think about it. Yeah. Wow. I, I, bet they would, I bet they put out some really, <laughs> some really good stuff. High quality material. High quality, um, you know, nothing like just about dirt roads or Dixie cups or whatever. It, it, it'd be some really top notch musicianship. Or places where corn does not grow. Oh, yeah, we don't. Well, that's a metaphor. I mean, that's deep. <sighs> that's still one of my favorite songs. Um, so with that, with, we're talking about Florida, Georgia and the Big 12 SEC and where corn don't grow. Obviously, reference to Chris Breed. Let's talk about some basketball, man. What do you say? Roll it. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. They hail from Lubbock, Texas. You know who else comes from Lubbock, Texas? Texas Mac Tech. Davis. Not, oh. not from Lubbock, Texas, but you know, they also went to Texas Tech was uh, Patrick Mahomes. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I guess the Iowa State game still has not been placed back on the schedule. So waiting on that one to come out. Like, cause like I said in an earlier, earlier part of the show, like you really want those two conference wins that got taken off your schedule rescheduled uh, I like how you just flat out said you want you just wins you didn't say games you just skipped skipped right ahead to the end I mean there it's not against the worst teams in the big 12 but pretty close yeah because I mean we get the worst team in the big 12 this Saturday yes oh my goodness but I was I didn't State realize is, how bad they were but Iowa State's riding the struggle bus too man um, and TCU they're just, they're just, they're not there yet, but Iowa state, not there. Um, you know who was there though? Texas tech in Baton Rouge. Can we, what please, in the world? Can we please talk about that last 59 seconds of the game? Okay. Uh, yeah, I would love to. I, I did listen to, you sent me the, um, the radio broadcast recording with Jeff Haxton and Chris Lovell. And I did listen to that right before we started. And man, that's a fun listen. That is a fun nine minute listen. We'll try to put, maybe we can put the link in here. Um, I'm going to do that, but okay. it was, it was really fun to hear them talk about it because of course, while all this happened, we were in the ER <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. So I watched it, I think Sunday knowing full well, everything that was going to happen. Cause I was keeping up with it best I could. Um, 
when your wife has an appendectomy or appendicitis and you're trying not to be a complete jerk and just stream the game <laughs> or something. It's okay, wifey. You're, you'll be fine. I gotta get back to this game. Yeah. Oh, McClung hit a three. Oh, sorry. How are you doing? You doing okay? No, they, um, it's like bumper in the chair and she's like, Ugh. sorry, dear. But it was, it was awesome. It was so great to go back and watch that game knowing what happened at the end, but it was also still frustrating. Oh my gosh. That was some gross basketball. Oh my gosh. The turnovers. So yeah, gross basketball. You could use to describe against the the game against uh, LSU and Oklahoma. Um, I mean, with, with LSU, like they obviously have two dudes, right? Smart and Thomas. They combined for 54 of the team's 71 points. Yeah. I mean, they're legit guys. They, they could play on any team. Um, also smart, just ugly. Smart is easy to not like. Yeah. And, and he just, he just has that scowl on his face all the time. It's just kind of, and as a, as an LSU fan, you probably love that about him. Like, Oh, I would too. So fiery. And it just gets in the opponent's head. I hated that guy. Um, but here's the thing though, like, as much as we talked about Texas tech being one of the most unluckiest teams out there when we talked, especially when we talked about uh, West Virginia, not missing for 10 straight minutes to finish the game, you were able to hold LSU to zero points over the last minute of the game, which, okay, that, that, that may be, uh, that may have been a couple possessions, but in that same minute, you put up 12 points of your own. You went from being down seven with a minute to go down seven to winning the game by five down seven with a minute to go just feels almost that, that, over. That's it. That's that three you, possessions. You feel like that's it. Yeah. You're like, yes, oh, it, it's, I need, I need three good possessions on my end on the offensive end to score and two defensive stops. Um, it, you got them. I mean, you, you had Mac McClung hit a three. You had uh Chibuzo Agbo air ball at three. Luckily got tipped out to, to McClung who ran out and hit another three, um, which got the game within one. So like six of the seven points happened like that. Um, and then on, on an inbounds play one, you forced LSU to take a timeout. So they were without timeouts, uh, the last minute of the game, basically. Um, and then you ran full court press Mac McClung as if he hadn't done enough tipped the inbound pass. Uh, and tipped it right to Shannon, who was guarding the inbounder, but like he was literally under the basket when the ball came to him. He just popped up and dropped a lay in, layup in to take the lead. Um, yeah, he may have been fouled, but it's, it's fine. Yes, it's fine. He definitely was. <laughs> he was mugged. Let's just be honest. He was in the mid, he was in midair and he was, he definitely landed three feet further backwards, backwards from when he jumped straight up. Yeah, yeah. He, he was fouled big time. He jumped up straight up and landed somewhere else. Um, He landed in, in, you know, way past the block. So then you take the lead. um, LSU inbounds the ball. They get up to the half court. They badly miss their shot. Texas tech um, rebounds. It gets fouled. TJ Shannon comes up to the court, hits two, two free throws. Same thing. LSU inbounds. It gets up court. LSU misses again. Um, and instead of letting the time run out, they foul Shannon again with like a second left. So he's like, okay, he takes two more free throws. 
um, to put the game at five points, which is kind of how the game against Oklahoma ended too. Like you, you got a couple of free throws late to put the game at five points. You're like, we got this, but big time win on the road at LSU following, um, what could have been like a letdown after, uh, that game against West Virginia, you come back on the road. Uh, it's not a conference game, but it's still a quality opponent. Uh, I, I think LSU could definitely be, um, a contender for, for the sec. They could definitely go, you know, maybe a second weekend team in, in the tournament. Yeah. Especially if they get like 29 points from smart and 25 points from Thomas. Uh, Watford only had four points before he fouled out, which is a little unusual for him. They had a starter score zero points, but yeah, man, if that game, like as frustrating as it was to lose to West Virginia, I was like, I bet LSU is just sick, right? To give up a seven point lead in a minute and, and had that 12 0 run that, that oh, we would have been, pissed well especially if it happened right after the west virginia game oh man that would have been so frustrating infuriating yes Um, so shannon uh led the team in points with 23 against lsu mac mcclung close behind with 22 i can't remember last time you had two players score 20 plus points um well they went a combined 14 for 16 from free throws that'll do man uh, Shannon, he's, he's, he's getting to be like, if the ball's not going to McClung on an obvious foul s- situation, then like, it's gotta be going to Shannon. Cause both of those guys have been nails at the free throw line. Um, and McClung's 22 points was coming off of the 30 points he dropped against West Virginia. Dude's putting up a lot of points. He, uh, I believe it was him. He eclipsed a thousand points for his, his total career. Just recently? Yes. Yes, he did. He had, um, because that made a graphic that I saw on Twitter and I forgot who posted it. Probably Ryan Mainville. <laughs> probably. He just, cause he, he just posts any, any sort of good basketball posts with stats or something. I, I'm going to credit him as always. This is, you know, follow him, follow Ryan on, on Twitter. But I think it was uh, a group of players who got above the thousand point threshold as transfers for Chris Beard, which included McClung, um, I believe Tariq Owens. Maybe I know Tommy Hamilton. Hamilton was on there. I kind um, of, I was like, Oh yeah, Tommy Hamilton. He was, he, he was, he was one of those randomly hitting threes here and there. <laughs> well, no, it was one of those things where like, and I'm probably going to mix up. It was him or it was another big guy that hit threes randomly. Oh, it was Hamilton. No, it definitely was Hamilton. If he made a three, I yeah, it was like ninety-five percent like, chance of winning that game. Yeah, <laughs> like Hamilton just drained threes. Man, just hit a three. Let's go. Just hit at least one. Um, yeah, it was him. It was Hamilton? I feel like it started with an A. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so congrats to McClung, getting up to a thousand career points. Um, didn't do so hot last night against Oklahoma. Yeah, zero. Yeah. <laughs> Ofer on the field goal. Uh, he was six of six from the free throw line. So he did score six points last night. Um, you went into halftime. What was it? Like 25 to 18, 25, 18 and 25 felt like a lot. Actually, it was like going to be in the teens 
Uh, and then you hit a little, little late run there towards the end of the first half to kind of put some distance there. Um, but man, so you win the game 57, 52. There was a time there towards the end when Harkless and was it Hill or Harmon, uh, they were scoring or Gibson. I can't remember. It's one of those three. <laughs> they hit a three or something. And you're just like, like it kept Oklahoma close. Like Texas tech would get a five, six, seven point lead. Um, and one of them hit a three and then get a defensive stop. So like Oklahoma's got the ball back with that, like down, 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 only three points. Like we're supposed to put them away here. Um, the first half, good gravy was ugly. Like we were saying it was an ugly game all around. You did get to see both teams be a lot more aggressive offensively in the second half, um, which it worked out. Uh, obviously when you, when you put up, you know, however many points you did in the second half, uh, Oklahoma put up 38 of their 52 in the second half. Texas tech put up 32. Um, but man, like it was one of those games. Oklahoma was coming in smoking hot. They, they had jumped up to number nine in, in the AP poll. Uh, they were 24th the week before. So they're 15 point their 15 spot jump in the rankings. It was one of the biggest all time. They said, yeah, but they get tied, but it came after beating three top 10 teams in a row. So they were on fire. You're like, Oh, great. So it's a top 10 team coming to Lubbock. Um, you could have said, Hey, this is a really bad time to be playing Oklahoma or maybe it's a really good time. Cause maybe they're, they're kind of winding down They They can't sustain this kind of, this kind of run. Um, they, they were missing a couple of, of big players. They were also missing those players on Saturday and Oklahoma was able to, to pull out that win on Saturday. But, um, man, it was not entertaining from like a Texas tech fan standpoint, but like you get the win you breathe a sigh of relief. You're like, actually, that was a really good win. You, you didn't have, you didn't have the offensive points from McClung like you were expecting because up until last night uh, in conference play, he had been averaging 21 points a game, which is wild to me. Yeah. He's, he's the top scorer in conference play. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of things to worry about in this game, the, that 10 Oh run that, Tech went on, or no, it wasn't 10-0, it was 8-0 uh, in four minutes, three minutes. Gosh, I'm really good. I'm really good at telling telling a story here. But from about 618 to 321 left in the game, Tech exploded. McCuller hit a, uh, McClung hit a couple of free throws. McCuller hit a three. Shannon hit a three. And boom, all of a sudden, Tech was up by 10, 50 to 40. You with think, three minutes, yeah. With three minutes, 20 seconds left. If I would have told you that, you know, Tech goes on to win this game, even though they don't make another field goal the rest of the game. <laughs> How good would you have felt? Because right after that, OU rattled off a 7-0 run, and all of a sudden it's a one-possession game again. And Tech's only up by three. That was so disheartening, but um, you know, just fortunate that Tech was able to get some free throws out there. I mean, Nadalny missed one. I'm not going to fault him too much on that. Uh, it, it's interesting to see Nadalny get a lot more time these last three games. I think, I mean, he played more than normal against West Virginia as well. And he's, he had a very key block out at the end of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he just kind of, he kind of does. He, he's definitely a hustle guy. He's, he's always moving. He's um, trying to make a good play. 
I feel like he may be getting some more time and that, that, that PV may be getting less. I, I think his decision-making, especially when it comes to going for the ball. Um, I mean, I know he had a couple of really bad fouls this last game that really could have been avoided. Uh, just going for a steal or going for a block when sometimes you just need to put your hand up or just buckle down and play some defense. So I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not getting a good vibe on him. He's kind of back and forth on, on what he's able to accomplish. And I'm, you know, beards cutting his time a little bit lately. Yeah. So in terms of plus minus for the game, um, obviously McClung is going to be one of your biggest uh, deficits there at minus five, because he just been so far off of his, his point points, his average points. Uh, Kyler Edwards also struggling lately. Um, he yeah. was two for eight from the field, only had five points, uh, three rebounds, three turnovers um, in 33 minutes. So you mentioned PV re- reducing his minutes. He was at 16 minutes and it only had 15. Tyreek Smith, I want to see more of him. He had 13. Jamarius Burton had 12. Um, Shannon, I mean, <laughs> like he's got to be, like it, it feels like one of those things where the coach is kind of men of like, um, not manifesting. He's manufacturing. Like you're going to be our six men and you're going to be like the six men of the year. Cause you're like, <laughs> you're, you're starting level talent, but we're going to have you come off the bench and have you be our six man. He was plus 17 in this game. He led man. the team in points again at 15. He shot 50% from the field only took two threes. And I'm okay with that. Hit all four of his free throws had th- only three re- rebounds. I'm okay with that. I wish it was more only one turnover one steal in 28 minutes. So he wasn't, he wasn't eating up a ton of minutes. I mean, he was, he didn't leave the team in minutes. That was McCuller uh, and Edwards, but dang, like these past few games without Shannon doing what he's been doing. And you, you remember a couple of games early on in conference play, he was scoring 20 points very quietly. It feels like he's leading your team in points a couple times. If it's not McClung it's Shannon um, and McCuller stepping up like, you know, he's made what four threes on the year and two of them were last night. <laughs> I, I really enjoy that. A guy that shot 30% for the night was, was the player of the game in that game. <laughs> Fran Fraschilla was just determined to give it to McCuller just because I mean, eight boards, 13 points on three for 10 shooting, but yeah, he was two for three from threes. So, I mean, he, he, he was, he was really effective. Uh, had a couple assists, but um, yeah, I, I mean, just, PV, it's I'm under I'm unsure what the reasoning is now at this point because I was really high on PV at the start of the season and I feel like he's regressed a little bit. As a starter, he's gotten in the game 16 and 17 minutes the last two games. And so I think you're right. There may just be some maybe Beard is really wanting Shannon to get a sixth man of the year award. Is that a thing? <laughs> I, I I feel like it was because who was it a few years ago? Uh, Jay Crockett was doing the same thing with uh, Gillespie, I believe. Like good enough player to be starting, but he was coming off the bench. It was either him, or maybe a couple years later, it was uh, Justin Gray. Oh, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. I could. Uh, Gray was Gray was there, and then uh, Brandon Francis. I feel like was uh, Francis. Yeah, he, he was he was great off the off the bench too. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had a couple of guys like that, but it, it, you know, I don't want to harp on PV. I really don't. And I'm not meaning to, but 
I'm I'm just unsure. You know, when when Nadalny is playing as much as a starter, um, and he's not gunning for sixth man of the year, if if this lineup may change a little bit, and you know, this would be a great week to great week to try it. I'd against uh, Kansas State, who struggled a little bit, just to say the least. I did want to ask you something though. Yeah, what's up, man? Um, Rob Bro, friend of the show, Rob Bro. Follow him at Rob Bro Show on Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> he had a poll question this week. Pulse of the people. This went up uh, Monday night. Yeah, Monday night, not too long after the end of the game. Pulse of the people poll. How do you feel about Texas Tech basketball after beating LSU and OU in three days? And the, and the choices were better, worse, or the same. And I wanted to see how you felt, Spencer. So I voted better. And hear ah, me okay. out. Okay. Um, until this weekend, you were sub 500 in one or two possession games this year. You had lost some games that you shouldn't have. You lost some close games. Um, you did you did beat Oklahoma in Norman, but like it almost felt lucky that their two last second tip in attempts didn't go in. That probably should have gone in to either tie or win the game there. Um, and so. I feel like, yeah, you, you lost that game against West Virginia, but you have shown that you can win close games and games that you probably are, are expected to have won. Um, whereas I didn't, I didn't feel that confident um, going into Saturday. I didn't have the same level of confidence. Um, your last eight games on the schedule, I think outside of the trip to Waco sets up fairly favorable, even though you've got a handful of road games in there. Um, I mean, you've got TCU twice, Kansas state, Iowa state, Texas at home. You go to, you go to can you, you go to Kansas, but man, they're, they're about to be unranked They're They've been reeling lately. Uh, and then you're on the road in Waco. So like, I mean, three of your last eight games are going to be tough road games. The rest of them, you should be comfortable favorites. Home versus Texas is probably not a comfortable favorite, but you know, so I think, um, small sample size here, small trend. I like the direction where it's going now. What about you? I am a little bit of the opposite. Uh, just, oh. just to show, just to show, I, I mean, not the opposite. That's why I said, okay. All right. So the three <laughs> options were better, worse or the same. I voted the same. Okay. Because, um, after the West Virginia game, I just felt like tech was, was so close and just were unable to pull it off. And then OU and LSU felt like some luck was on tech side that night, despite the fact that Mac McClung scored six points and they were all free throws against OU. It was just bizarre to, um, have a guy like Mac who tech needs so desperately score so little. And it was so obvious that that was a huge part of the problem. And it wasn't so much OU's defense was just lights out. And OU also was, you know, without Austin Reeves, as you've you've mentioned, without, you know, another guy that was, that's pretty key on their team. They did beat Alabama with the same squad. So not, not knocking that, but, I just thought that tech would be able to kind of force their will a little bit, 
um, not cruise by any, any means because OU is a top 10 team and Hey, I'll take that top 10 ranking all day when it comes to wins and losses. So that one just kind of felt like it was, it was a lot of the, the same stuff we saw at the beginning of the season where the offense could never get going, but somehow just won um, almost by just sheer, not luck, but kind of will. And then LSU tech was losing for 25 minutes of the game. When, when is there ever going to be another 12 and 0 run in 59 seconds or whatever to bail somebody out on the road? That's just never going to happen again. So the fact that they won that off of that crazy sequence, several sequences, it, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence because a lot of things had to go just right the last two or three minutes of both of those games. And somehow they did and, and tech won. So I feel about the same. I feel kind of like these close games are just going to be like 50, 50. I think we're just going to be a coin toss. If, if it's within one possession and with three minutes to go or one minute to go buckle up, cause it could go either way really quickly. So it hasn't given me a ton of confidence in, in that sort of aspect. So I want to go over the last little bit of the schedule here. Um, Cause you mentioned 50, 50 games. Uh, I think could be close. You got the home game versus Kansas state this weekend on Saturday. Uh, then you host West Virginia on Tuesday. Um, not that you have like a whole bunch of home home crowd advantage. Um, it, it, it felt different, uh, Monday night against Oklahoma, having fans there, like actually in the stands. Cause I mean, your last game, your last home game was the 16th versus Baylor school hadn't restarted yet. Um, so your last home game truly with fans, especially students in attendance goes back to Abilene Christian on December 9th. Yeah, pretty good stretch. I mean, almost two months without a, a a good home crowd there. Um, so I think being that it, it is West Virginia and it's a team that everybody loves to hate, uh, I think you can draw a pretty good crowd Tuesday night. Uh, so you know whatever whatever home home arena advantage you, you can draw on, I, I like that there. I do think you should be able to get that game back. Um, and then you go on the road to to Baylor. I don't like your chances there just because how dang good Baylor is Um, as close as it was. I mean, really because you, you were able to have their leading score, not really score any points in like the last five minutes of the game. And then once he started scoring points, the game was over. I mean, it wasn't even close once he started. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm one of the best players in the country. Let me just go ahead and rattle off eight points in the last five minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, And then you've got, Back-to-back game versus TCU, two days apart, uh, Monday, Wednesday. Uh, road game to Kansas, like I said. I I wish you were playing them this weekend instead of in in three weeks. Uh, just because I think you could figure them out on the road. Road game against Oklahoma State, home versus Texas. So, historically, I don't like going up to Stillwater. I don't like going to, to, to Lawrence. Uh, I don't like games against West Virginia. I don't like games against Texas, but like, 
I feel like the trajectory here should get you going in the right direction. You should be able to build a little bit. And obviously you're still going to have another game against Iowa state, get rescheduled on there somewhere. Um, I mean, it, it just kind of, it feels bad because you, you lost those eight, that eight point game versus Baylor. Um, you, you lost that, that, that one point game versus West Virginia. And then you had to, you know, okay, you beat LSU, but like, like you said, it, it felt like there's a lot of bit of luck involved in that. Um, you beat Oklahoma last night. You said there's a little bit of luck. So you just haven't had any like feel good victories. And I think part of that was because you lost those two games off the schedule, TCU and Iowa state um, that could have broken up some of these really tough games. Um, I just, I, I, I don't love how the schedule sets up. I, I just think you've got a good shot here to close strong um, and feel pretty good about your 2021 season. Hey, so speaking of feeling pretty good about a 2020 slash 2021 season, the wait is finally over because the Super Bowl is here, my friend, and the NBA is in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Will the Chiefs go back to back, led by former Texas Tech quarterback Patrick Mahomes? Can Brady claim ring number seven on his 10th try? Bet Online has all the action you need for the big game, plus hundreds of prop bets to keep the whole game entertaining. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You know, I wonder what the line is on the national anthem. That's always one of my favorite props. Head to BetOnline today. Use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. 
but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You know, I do want to look that up real quick. <laughs> it's always a fun one. I don't even know who's, I don't know who's performing the national anthem this year. I haven't even looked that up. So, uh, first off, Chiefs are a field goal favorite. Go Chiefs Ooh. go. Uh, let's look at some alternates. That's really interesting because it's a it's a home game for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Gronkineers, buddy. Um, anthem specials. Here we go. Oh, goodness. Okay. Any player kneel on the sideline during the anthem. Any player raise a fist on the sideline. Any scoring drive less time than the anthem length. I like that one. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I would probably take that. Coach to be shown first during the anthem. <laughs> Will there be a forgotten or omitted word in the national anthem? <laughs> What's the payout on that? Is it just like straight up or what? Uh, so no is minus 5,000. <laughs> so it, it's, that's pretty bad odds. Jasmine Sullivan, I believe is the performer shows cleavage during the anthem. Oh my gosh. The favorite this there is, is yes. Personal. Here, okay. Here's the length. Uh, it's over under a minute 57. Oh, I would take the over. Uh, player to be shown first during the anthem. You've got, <laughs> you've got the quarterbacks or the tight ends. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey versus Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski. <laughs> yeah. So they've got your prop bets for you. Definitely. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, let's do some poll updates and then preview the upcoming games here on the basketball schedule before we move on to some football. Good news. Um, inexplicably, almost you moved down in the poll after beating. So you lost to West Virginia on the road by one and then you beat LSU on the road and you dropped a spot in the AP poll. Yeah, I didn't fully understand that. And that also included they, OU leapfrogging everybody. They had to make room and, for OU is what it was. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. <laughs> um, Ken Palm actually moved you up to 12th uh, from, from 13th. Has the metrics dropped you to 17th from 13th? 
which I think would go back to what you were saying there, Michael, that maybe there was a little bit of luck involved. Um, BPI, ESPN's BPI moved you down from eight to nine. Your net rankings moved up from 14th to 11th. That is solid three seed country, my friend. Yes, that's pretty big. Big time. Um, Now, your Ken Palm ratings, I wanted to make note of here, your luck did jump. It did go from the 300s to 267. You got a pretty good jump there. Uh, And maybe we need to start following this a little more closely, uh, at least the rankings of it, so we can give you some actual numbers here. Um, Like we said, Ken Palm, your 12th. Your offense is 28th. Your defense moved back into the top 10 to 8th. Your tempo, though, is backsliding to 90th. Um, Here's the thing, though. You're playing Kansas State this weekend. 184th. They are by far the worst Big 12 team. Uh, Offense is rated 190th versus your 8th ranked defense. Their defense ranked 203rd versus your 28th ranked offense. And their pace of play is even slower than yours at 316th. The, the Kansas, line I mean, Kansas State's one Big 12 win. They are one and nine right now. Their one Big 12 win was against Iowa State almost two months ago. December 15th was the last time they won a Big 12 game. I did hear that both men's and women's basketball programs at Kansas State went over the month of January. Ooh, the the men definitely did. <laughs> the women didn't win either. The and, line and that, uh, that well, it probably doesn't help that they um, the, the one team they beat Iowa State uh, that game was postponed. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sucks because everybody gets hit by that. Um, according to Haslametrics, this will be a sixteen to seventeen point victory for Texas Tech on the road, which is yeah unusual. I, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit wary of that uh, because, you know, Tech didn't really take care of business against Kansas State, kind of like we thought they would or should last time. No, uh, I believe it was a 70, it was 82 to 71. Um, so it, they, okay, they did take care of business, but not in the extent that we probably thought. And so I'm anxious to see if they'll be able to do that this time, kind of get on fire, maybe like they did in Ames and just roll out of there, leaving no doubt. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that. One. I, I just, I'm, 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 I, I want Texas tech to get these games back on the schedule and, and get them played. Kansas state, TCU, Iowa state. I just, I, I want the, the, I want the schedule padded there a little bit. Uh, and then next Tuesday, uh, a week from the night we're recording here, hosting West Virginia again, Ooh. should be a good game. Uh, in terms of AP poll, they're like 17th right now. Um, Ken Palm has them at 19th, uh, 13th best offense, 38th best defense. So their defense is a little bit, uh, sliding and then their, their tempo, they they have about three possessions more than you do per game. Um, having said that though, has the metrics, which has been fairly spot on this year, has you winning by almost six points. Which is crazy to me. I mean, I wonder if they're kind of in a, a little bit of a letdown after giving all they had to beat Tech by one because they uh, they fell to Florida in Morgantown, 80 to 85. Florida wasn't ranked, but Florida was a solid squad, kind of like LSU. Um, so n- nothing to really sneeze at, but they did lose. And then just tonight, 
they squeaked out a win in Ames, 76 to 72. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah. And then they play Kansas Saturday um, before they come to Lubbock. So it's, you know, they might be coming in a, into Lubbock on like a one, two skid after beating tech. And I would absolutely love that. And so I've, I'm really looking forward to this game because of how things went the last time, obviously, but I've never, I don't know if I've ever looked forward to a rematch so much because I just feel like it was such a good game to watch despite how it didn't end well. And I was so invested in it. And even though I just almost felt sick, for a few hours after it was over, it was still just such a fun game to, to, uh, to take part in. So I'm really looking forward to, to part two. I don't, I mean, it's obvious. A lot of people like this and I, and so me saying this like, well, duh, Spencer, that's, that's nothing new. I really like it when, especially when Texas tech has this player, when you just, you, you know, when a player gets the ball, like they're going to score. And that's what Mac McClung was doing in, in Morgantown last, last time out. I mean, dude dropped 30 points. He was in front of his family. So that, that may, may, may have something to do with it. But like, dude felt all Fly him in. <laughs> Fly him into Lubbock. <laughs> felt automatic. And that's, they were making that joke about, um, was it Brandon Francis's mom or David Moretti's mom? They're like, just, just make sure they're, they're at every game. Because those games <laughs> that their parents were there and they were, they were lights out. But uh, yeah. And the other thing is, um, like, like I said, it's a home game. Nobody likes West Virginia. Like everybody loves to hate them. The the yeah, students, the yeah. tech students love, love to chant and yell at Bob Huggins. Uh, and it's usually about whether or not he's sitting on his stool. Uh, you know, if he's getting up and walking around, they tell him to sit down. Uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun, man. I, I agree. It's, it's one of those, it's kind of turned into a, a, a rivalry of sorts just because it's, it, both teams have been, have had, pretty similar uh, trajectories the last few years. Now tech of course went to the national championship, but um, you know, West Virginia and, and tech have just kind of their worlds have collided a lot. They're on kind of the same tiers a lot in these last several seasons. And the games have just been good. It's just been really good basketball. And so it's, it's one of those opponents that, um, that you love to hate that you Mm -hmm. don't really hate, I guess. But it's it's just kind of fun to sports hate them, and, yeah, and I really look forward to it because for those two and a half hours, I'm just gonna think terrible thoughts about West Virginia basketball, and then afterwards, I'm I'm probably gonna let go of it. But it's it, they're definitely a fun team to hate uh, while we're playing them. Yeah, looking forward to those games this weekend, Saturday, and then Tuesday versus West Virginia. Michael, let's uh let's talk some football, man. Alrighty. Shotgun, 
from the 28 to throw. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he plays. Oh, oh, he's the worst. So I just realized I ran that one two weeks in a row because I was going to make the same stupid comments like, yeah, I really love to hear Sonny Gumby in those. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. It's it's just part of it now. Uh, you might as well just record yourself at the end saying that. Just add that in. Hey man, did you know that Sonny Gumby was in on that, 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 that call there? <laughs> Unbelievable. Close, you can hear a offensive coordinator in the background. <clears throat> Michael Crabtree. <laughs> yeah. So... A couple of, of uh, transfers coming in announcing their intentions to play for Texas Tech. TCU grad transfer offensive lineman TJ Stormont played um, one. He's he's played everywhere, but played in seven games this past season for TCU. Uh, is a grad transfer, so should be eligible immediately. Uh, started 19 games over the past couple of years. He was at Colorado State. In 2019, 2020 was at TCU. Um, big dude too. He's a oh, I don't have his measurables, but he he played um, tackle for TCU, and that's one of the areas of need along the offensive line for Texas Tech. I say one. There's only three areas. Um, if you look at the story, I have linked in the notes. Uh, it's actually from Seth because he he broke down all of the the PFF position grades. Um, nobody had a, a, a grade of a C or better at tackle. Um, so you've got an immediate improvement there. Um, oh, sorry. There's his numbers. He is big boy, six, seven, three twenty five. Yes. Welcome. Welcome TJ. <laughs> um, so yeah, played for, for Sonny Cumbie. So some dividends paying off there like that. And then uh, very recently, UCLA defensive back Rashad Williams announced his intention to transfer to Texas Tech. Um, 6'2", 190. So big guy, whether he's going to play corner or, or safety, you like that kind of size. Um, last year was a redshirt sophomore, originally from Memphis. Um, played in all 12 games as a true freshman uh, with 33 tackles, two passes broken up. Um, only played in three, three, six games last year. Was a three-star player coming out of high school with a handful of SEC offers. Um, so again, another, another big guy for their position coming to Tech to at least bolster depth there, if not add some quality talent. So Welcome to Texas Tech, TJ Stormont and Rayshad Williams. Definitely good to see guys coming into the program this week. The program, if, Pro if you room. will. Always, always a healthy dose of, uh, of uh, I don't know, football junkieism. Shot of shot in the veins of foot. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Did you see though, in, in Rayshad's tweet, really all he said was God's plan? Hashtag wreck them. What more do you need? Nothing, what man. More with that, with that kind of graphic too. It's clean. Um, so this is what your third big time, big defensive back transfer coming in. You got the Malik Williams, uh, Marquise Waters. Um, 
I mean, these are, these at are, least the third. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Um, and then you've got, um, a defensive back commit from a junior college, Ezekiel McPherson. If you recognize that name, that's Zach McPherson's younger brother. Supposedly McPherson brothers, they're one of seven and they've all been high level athletes, whether collegiate or professional. Uh, Ezekiel is coming in from Deanza. Deanza. Couldn't tell you college out of Cupertino, California, which I believe is the headquarters of Apple. Where Apple oh. has its headquarters. So played for them coming to Texas tech as a, I would assume as a junior, I don't have a lot of news and notes on him. I, I all the recruiting services, websites I tried were down. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that hoping that Zach put in a good word. I really appreciate that. And getting, <laughs> got some connections, you know, two of these, two of these guys coming in obvious, obvious connections to the program by OC becoming former OC and then your brothers on the team. So it's good to have some connections and also welcome Ezekiel, Ezekiel and, and Zach. Yeah, Zach man. McPherson, Zeke, Zeke and Zach. That's Zeke awesome. Zach. That's so cool. All right, man. Um, I don't have anything else for football. Me neither, man. It's, it's February. <laughs> well, I mean, there's the Super Bowl. <laughs> I got the Super Bowl. I also were hoping to hear more about uh, maybe some more offensive staff changes. Uh, maybe that comes after signing day, which is, is it tomorrow or is it next week? Holy crap. How have I not kept up with when signing day is? Um, yes, I'm going to pound away on my keyboard for a second. Well, that's fine because I thought of something else we should do. Yeah, it's tomorrow. National signing day is tomorrow, man. Oh, wow. Well, we better get on that. <laughs> uh Something else we should do is probably predict a Super Bowl score for our, our buddy Patrick Mahomes, who did you know was a Texas Tech quarterback? You know, I will never be able to forget it um, just because he and I went to the same school. Not at the same time, unfortunately. Um, but it, it's, so it's, it's one of those things where... You know, everybody kind of jokes about like, well, how, you didn't tell me we were living in like in the good old days when we were in the good old days or whatever. Oh, I, yeah. I, I was thinking about saying that for like basketball and baseball. Like we're legit talking about games versus a top 10 opponent. Like we should have beat them by more or man, that was a good game. We're like five years ago to be like, Oh, I, I hope we can keep it close, man. And baseball, we're like legit saying like Omaha. So your final eight teams or you're kind of disappointed in your season. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. There, there is some spoiled aspect to that. And I realized that saying that I was seeing that on Twitter a little bit about people questioning, Hey, you beat a top 10 team at home. Who cares how it happened? And so I get that. I get that argument too. So I may be, I may be a little bit spoiled myself, but I just, I just see some, uh, some cracks in the armor there from the team. Yeah. But I wanted to, uh, before we moved on though, to what we learned. Cause I don't think, I don't think we asked for questions this week. Did we? No, I've been pretty bad about that lately. Uh, it's fine. Okay. What is your super Bowl prediction? I will go first because I think you said that the chiefs the, are a three point favorite. They're a three point favorite. I'm going to pick the chiefs to, to win and to cover Kansas city, 31 Tampa Bay, 27. It's going to be a great super bowl. That's pretty I'm high. Very excited to watch pretty high scoring for a super bowl. 
well, have you seen who's playing in it? Well, no, I have. And, um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to think back to the 49ers last year. If they had a good defense, I think they did. This is bad. I, I, I think it was one of the best in the, in the country. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's skewing my or memory the country. here. Um, so give me, give me chiefs 24 Tampa Bay 20. Okay, so we're both picking we're both picking Kansas City to cover. Barely, yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's good. I mean that that's we are a Texas Tech podcast, so go Chiefs. Go Chiefs go. Um before we move off of football really quickly, going back to signing day, you've got uh three now four commits that should be signing tomorrow. Uh offensive tackle Matt Keeler from Coffeyville, uh defensive tackle Demico Rowland. And Coronado cornerback Amari Jones. Um, in terms of your transfers, uh, like we said, Rashad Williams, TJ Stormont, uh, linebacker from Florida, Josiah Pierre, uh, Marquise Waters from Duke, 60190, Malik Dunlap from NC State. Um, and then Colin Schooler is still listed as a transfer there. So, anyways, your your signing class tomorrow. Um, should include, should have four guys signing. Um, and as we see with the transfer portal, you're not done adding. I think there's still some, some eyes out there for a quarterback. Um, other than the guy that the walk on you got from, from Troy. Um, but tomorrow you should be signing four guys as of right now when I record this. So of course it'll be different tomorrow when it's time to actually do it. Um, so let's wrap this up. Let's get to, let's get to what we learned. What did we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So I will go first and say little league baseball season is upon us. My intention was to be an assistant coach this year. Um, the, the little, the seven-year-old, he's actually only six, but he's playing in, in the seven-year-old division, is moving up into coach pitch, so full-time coach pitch instead of the modified T-ball, which was half coach pitch, half, half T-ball. Um, the, the way the teams are put together uh, is going to include a lot more knowledge and skill on my part uh, as a head coach because I'm, I'm, I have to go to tryouts uh, it's not that they're, they're making kids try out. It's like, okay, are you good enough to make the team? Are you good enough to, to play in the league? It's, they're going to run through a couple drills and the coaches there in attendance will then set up their gonna, draft boards. Let's say you're going to, you're going to be in a draft. Wow. You're going to, so I, yeah, I'll have to draft. I'll draft my team Monday night. Tryouts are on Saturday morning. Um, I was hoping to catch on with some of the other guys that were coaching last season. I wanted to get with some guys that were experienced um, because it feels like this league. If you don't know somebody, you're going to get screwed <laughs> because the team that won our division last year was a hundred percent made up of six year olds and it should have been five and six year olds. Hang and it was now. a, it was a blind draft on the draft day. So the only way this happens is they, they, knew who they wanted on their team and they went trading for him. You are 
legit talking insider T-ball here. This, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like, <laughs> these are guys that have scouted first year T-ball, like modified T-ball players to know who they wanted on their second year team. So yeah, I'm going to be going up against guys like that. Not looking forward to it as much as I was a little while ago. Um, the couple of guys I reached out to to see if they were assistant coaches or they had space on their coaching staff said, you know, I, I, I'm my staff's full. <laughs> you can't come coach with me. I was like, oh no. So man, we'll see. I, I'm excited. And then really all at the same time, I'm not. Hats off to you because that is a commitment. And I can't believe well, it. I, I mean, think- February seems so early to get going on it, but here you are. And maybe you should, you know, you might, you might need to call Keith or Labar or somebody get get a second pair of eyes out there to evaluate the, <laughs> the six year old talent. <laughs> get my, uh, my, my friend who's coached youth baseball for like 20 years. Like, Hey man, I, I need you to be uh, my assistant coach for the day. Yeah. Can, um, you, can you bring your clipboard and, and uh, put on your, your son hat and let's go. I mean, I, I, I feel like I should, I should pretty much know, like watching them, like they're going to be throwing from shortstop to first base. That's not an easy throw. They're going to be fielding grounders. I, I know the technique and fundamentals on that because I've been I'm trying to teach T-ballers to do it for two years now. They're going to be trying to catch pop-ups, which not many six and seven-year-olds can do. Um, and they're going to get like five or six swings at a live pitch and they're going to run. So like I'll see these kids moving and performing for like 15 seconds. And then have to decide uh, a ranking system. The problem is you've got to come up with a ranking system. Yeah. The problem is, or I I guess the reason why I got got talked into it, they're hoping to have 14 teams in this division this year, which is a bunch, bunch of kids. Well, so that's their problem is they, they said uh, they were four coaches short. So they were four teams short. Um, And they were like, at this point, we've got kids on a waiting list after we are kind of assuming we're going to have rosters of 15 or 16 kids and they'll still have waiting lists. It's like, oh, don't tell me kids won't be able to play baseball. Fine. Yeah, I know. That's I'll how be, they get you. That's how they get, they roped you in. That's probably not true at all, but yeah, man. <laughs> so I'm going to be another head coach this year. Uh, dr- drafting against 14 other, 13 other coaches is a little daunting. But I also also know a handful of them are like, like first time, like first year parents that just like, "Uh, I guess I'll help out this year. But I also might have a leg up on a few of them. You know, the ropes a little bit, but I also like, I also recognize a handful of them from, from my division last year. I was like, Mm. play you again. (laughs) Anyways. So um, that's why I learned. I'm going to be a little league head coach again, new division, probably same BS. Hopefully, hopefully we won't get hit by COVID and, and, and have our team drop from 13 to five, but you know, we'll see. So, well, I, I look forward to the updates as I do, as I do every year. So what did you learn, Michael? I learned, okay. I learned that this place in Austin, La Barbecue is really trying something cool. That sounds great to me. And so I wanted to ask you this in stages. What do you think about cornbread? Love it. What do you think about jalapeno cornbread? Love it even more. Cheddar jalapeno cornbread. Sounds good. What if you poured that batter into a waffle iron? 
and made cheddar jalapeno cornbread waffles. I don't know how you could get even better, but I like it. I love the idea. What if you topped it with barbecue? No. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like barbecue sauce or barbecue? Just like meats? I would see the the tweet. Okay, I I posted the link live while we were talking. I'm looking so at the, it. The tweet from La Barbecue in Austin just says cheddar jalapeno cornbread waffles with barbecue toppings, BBQ toppings coming this week. So I would assume that means that they're going to have this delicious waffle and then they're going to cover it with, what do you want on there? Brisket? Chopped brisket. Chopped brisket, cheese, sauce if you want it, onions. What, what else could you throw on? You, some sauces. Do sausage. You could do pulled pork on it. Uh, I just think there's, it's a lot, it's a, it's a canvas. It's a great canvas to work with. I was really canvas. impressed with it. I love it. Um, same day ordering. I, I wonder if they deliver. <laughs> can you, uh, from Austin, can you, uh, drop this in Uber eats and send it to me? Hey, just, yeah, just give them a, just give them a good tip. Oh, one thing I did want to mention too. I teased it last week for those who listen this long. I, Okay, of course, this was pre my wife having emergency surgery Saturday. So the plan was <laughs> may change a little bit for the Super Bowl menu. I was very excited to make the thing I've, I've talked about. I've been wanting to make it for years. Steven Reichland, who's a guy that I follow uh, for barbecue stuff. He's got some stuff that's kind of out there and but he's he's got some good tips. Anyway, he posted years ago a way to make your own McRib. Hmm. And so I am dying to try it. And basically what you do, and I've, I've posted the link in our um, show notes on stakingtheplants.com. Basically what you do is you take a baby back, a slab of baby back ribs and um, you cut a little bit into the, between the bones before you cook them. And these are not going to be award-winning ribs. These are going to be the kind of ribs, the quote unquote, you know, fall off the bone kind of ribs that, cause that's what you need. Okay. Because so that is exactly what you will do. Okay. Go ahead. What were you saying? Well, no. So I, uh, we've done some barbecue ribs in our family lately and everybody raves about, I want them to be fall off the bone. I was like, then you overcooked them. They, they oh, need yeah. to have a little bit of like, they need to hold up to their own weight. If you're holding the bone. Now that doesn't mean I want them chewy or hard. Like they need to be tender and they need to be able to be pulled off the bone easily. And the bone needs to be clean. But I'm assuming with this, with this recipe and just a lot of other people, like you just need to be able to pull the bone straight out and just, leave yes, it. that's exactly it. So you, you basically just make the, you overcook the hell out of these ribs. You wrap them in foil with sweet sauces and honey and all sorts of stuff, brown sugar. And then, when it's done, you just pull the ribs out and then you cut them and put them on the sandwiches and top them with the, the pickles and the onions and stuff. So that just looks so cool. I'm not even a huge McRib guy. I've had two in my life. They're fine. Didn't hate them, but it was just the, the concept of making such a ridiculous looking thing at home. And I thought, well, when, when am I ever going to be able to do this? And I thought, oh, the Super Bowl. That seems like a good time to make this ridiculous sandwich. So that that's, we're going to, we'll see. I mean, hopefully we'll still be able to do that, but 
if I don't do it this weekend, I'm still going to do it just because I can't get it out of my head. So I'll do it at some point. Um, but do y'all have any Super Bowl foods planned for the the weekend? Okay, so I don't. I have had a hankering to smoke something lately. Um, mm. And I've seen, so I, I actually did see a, a uh, McRib knockoff recipe from Hey Grill Hay. Uh, Susie Bullock does a barbecue um, blog basically. So it's on the girlier side of like websites where you get like the recipe, like nine tenths of the way through the page. Like there's the actual <laughs> recipe. Um, but you know, when actually, I was backpacking through Sweden, it, it reminds me of a time that I had a really, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, she's really, she, she's a really good barbecue chef. Uh, she and her husband do this and, and they, they made a McRib knockoff. Um, but I've also been seeing a lot of stuff from meat church lately down in Waxahachie, Texas. And they supposedly do a really killer smoked queso, which oh, just seems like that. That's like the right thing to do right now. Uh, so you get to fire up the smoker for a couple of hours um, and make your, your queso in like a big Dutch oven. I don't have a Dutch oven though. Um, but you put that on the smoker. So you get your queso, obviously they, they have a lot of meat in it. Um, and then you get the smoky flavor. I have one other thing I wanted to share because you started talking about Dutch oven, Dutch ovens and it reminded me we did um, went to HEB, not a sponsor but uh, bought some really good steaks a while back and been wanting to try this forever. But um, I, I put my, I have a Dutch or Dutch oven. I have a cast iron pizza pan basically, but I put that on my grill and got my grill as hot as I possibly could. And I cooked the steaks on the cast iron and brother, it was fantastic. I mean, my wife cooks really good steaks in the kitchen um, you know, usually with a little bit of oil and on, she's got a really great stainless steel pan now, but the few times we've done it on cast iron, it just smoked up the kitchen so bad yeah. that we quit, we quit doing it. There was just, there was no point in doing it. It was not enjoyable to sit and eat steak in a smoky house and your, all of your clothes smell like smoke for like three days. So I finally got to try it on the grill cause I thought, well, that's ultimately the place to do it. And man, it was just, it seared it so perfectly. I got a perfect medium rare because the heat was evenly distributed. There wasn't like this random chunk of the meat that was well done. And then there was another chunk that was medium and another that was medium rare. It was all medium rare the whole way through. So hats off to cast iron. I, I'm going to have trouble cooking steaks differently on the grill. So I've one more thing of what I learned because you brought this up and I can't get off food. Um, I like reverse searing a steak. So bring it up, whether in the oven or in the smoker, uh, sure, yeah. just under, you know, your desired doneness and then finishing it off, um, and searing it. And I like to do it in cast iron on the grill. So I have the smoker going and the grill going there at the end. The problem is I, to get the sear I want in the cast iron, I always overcook the steak. So I think I'm just going to have to like, just not do like if I want to sear it on cast iron, not do reverse sear or, or get it much lower. Um, well, and I've been reading stuff cause at first, when I first was, was cooking steaks, I always read and heard don't flip them too much, you know, just flip it once or whatever. And I've seen a lot of chefs and stuff like Alton Brown, I think had something and Michael Simon and some of these other guys recently that were like, no, just flip it as much as you need to. So 
I was on that cast iron and I was flipping it probably every two or three minutes because mm-hmm. it took a while. You know, it, it took like 14 minutes to get it to 135 ish uh, internal, 130, 135. And so it, but I, I think it really worked great. So you might try that. You might just, just forego the reverse sear and just put it on the cast iron because it doesn't, it's, it, it, at least for me, I mean, I'm sure that cast iron was probably 400 degrees or 500, but it wasn't like super magma hot to where you're immediately going to overcook it. Yeah, man. So I don't know. I, I, I do like bringing it up sous vide and then trying to finish it off. Um, but yeah, man, I'll have to just, just forego that. Just throw it right on the grill. Brush it with a little olive oil, your favorite seasoning. Go to butter. Yeah, man. All right, that'll do it for us on a 23 personnel podcast. We'll catch you next week after our boy Patrick Mahomes from the Super Bowl. Guns up. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.